0: You're listening to the Mind Your Own Dog Business Podcast. I'm your host, leading expert in dog business strategist, Kristen Lee. Guys, get ready for your journey, your journey to cutting edge marketing and sales, creating a standout kick-ass dog business brand, along with mastering your mindset that's going to smash all those glass ceilings that have been holding you back and catapult your dog business to the next level with actionable steps you can take right away. We're going to empower you. We're going to grow you as you step into your authentic self not only as a dog trainer dog walker or whatever slice of the pet industry you find yourself in but as that badass entrepreneur my mission is to disrupt the current norm cut through the noise cut through the bullshit and empower the incredible women of the dog business industry to step into the spotlight reclaim control and transform not only their businesses but their lives it's real It's raw, it's uncensored, and it's what this dog business industry needs. Let's do this, guys.
1: Today's uh, coach's corner. I'm really excited because I get to share the first story on this one. This one rolls in. It's a, a scenario. I'm actually not going to share names because this was a private coaching session. However, one of our real life clients owns a, a booming on the outside dog boarding daycare facility. Uh, we're talking; they're running 100 to 150 dogs through their faci- facility on a daily basis. Um, on the outside. It looks massive and impressive and highly successful. But what we're talking about today is the toxic pricing on the inside of your business you don't always pay attention to. And a lot of you guys don't know how to run easy formulas on this stuff. So today we're going to be talking about whether or not your pricing is actually shooting you in the foot. Uh, So in this particular situation, I was running a pricing check uh, to look at a possible increase going into 2020 for a client. And a lot of you guys know that you know looking at your prices and possible increases are always a healthy thing. And so I'm looking at his pricing, I'm checking the boarding, and you know I, I go through the increase there, check, looks good, go through uh, the daycare costs, everything looks good there, check, and I get down to the boarding and training. And I wanted to share with you guys what I did to break down his financials to figure out what we call a profit margin, which basically means the money that you have left over after providing a service,
0: okay? Maggie, those are some fancy learning words. There is
1: some fancy words. There's some fancy words that make a huge difference though. We wanna have big robust margins, not skitty itty mini teeny tiny yellow polka dot bikini margins. I don't know. I just made that up. Anyway, (laughs) we want healthy margins. Otherwise, what will happen and just like in this client's case, they're busy as a motherfucker, right? Mm -hmm. And they have enough volume that the volume of the company was actually covering up uh, from a very toxic pricing structure that they have in their board and train. Um, So I'm going to break down how I figured out that their profit margin was only just over $2.00 um, every single day that they have a board and train dog. And I think the, I actually don't have the numbers down in front of me. I should, but that's okay. You guys can pull out your calculators. Um, and their overall margin per board and train contract was like something stunning, like $37. Right. So first of all, what, why did, why did somebody miss this? I'm going to tell you guys very easily when we're dealing with things that have little numbers, like daycare, you know, a $40 per day daycare expense that feels and looks different as a business owner when you're looking at that number versus a board and train contract. Um, Their board and train contract, so their boarding costs are $40, were $40. We've actually raised them. But then when I went back to look at their training, a board, their average cost was $1,700 for a two-week board and train. Mm -hmm. Now, here's where the problem came up right? So the board and train contract is a much higher number. It prevents people from looking deeply at that number. So all I did is I took that board and train cost and I first removed any expenses that they naturally incur. Things like those of you guys that buy collars and leashes or goodies or even gifts or things that you want to be able to give back to your clients, the expenses on that on that board and train contract needs to be taken out. So I took that out and I took that remaining number, uh, which is very easy to do for you guys. And I multiplied that. This is not, this is not a complex math. Multi- or, uh, sorry, divided it by the number of days in the program, right? So that would be 14. So it was a $1,700 board and train contract. I removed $600 of expenses. And then I divided that number by 14 days. That gave me my, uh, or their, in this case, their average cost per day. Right. And so very easily I was able to then remove the cost of boarding, which was easy to find $40 for boarding. Mm -hmm. What was left was that $2 and some change profit margin, simply breaking it down in that way for this client was huge. Cause at first it was like $1,700 to them in their area felt like a comparable or fair number to be charging for board and trains. But when we broke it down to what that profit margin actually looked like, all of a sudden he had the realization very easily, very quickly that, holy shit, they're not just, you know the profit margin is not just that, they're actually losing money um, because they have to pay higher expenses for payroll because you need a higher quality employee to train the dogs to make those contracts. Um, So whatever your actual costs are, You have to keep that in mind and be able to go back to a basic business and personal budget, which is a whole different topic (laughs) that's been in Coach's Corner a lot recently, Mm -hmm. is having a basic understanding and knowledge and knowledge and running your business expenses. Very, very critical. We find most people aren't doing that adequately.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. And I feel like this is something that there's not a lot of awareness around. I'm trying to say it delicately. Like, I feel a lot of entrepreneurs are budgeting as a nine-to-fiver. And there's a total difference between, okay, you have your own personal budget, like your daily living expenses, your kids, your family, your home, or whatever. And then you have your business budget. So when there's, like, this, this like, mesh and cohesive cohesion of everything all mixed together, that's where you get really fucked up. Like, not fucked up, but tripped up in the finances. Mm-hmm. And what Maggie has created and what Maggie's so good at, like, she's about to go through my fucking personal fucking budget like my personal banking and shit is you have to start looking at the numbers and also this is something that is taking me a long time to get awareness around it I'm finally at a place is looking at them without emotions too does that make sense and looking at them for the numbers the binary which what they are at the end of the day Mm. so yeah well it's
1: it's the words I feel that should never be in the conversation around your programs and pricing. Oh, I feel like that's too high. Well, what do the numbers say? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you guys as entrepreneurs and as Kristen was saying, there's a difference between being an entrepreneur, owning your own business and being a nine to fiver, a nine to fiver means that you're on what's called a fixed income, Mm -hmm. no matter how sick you are that week, no matter what happens, You're earning the same amount week by week, month by month, year by year. That might adjust quarter to quarter if you get a raise or something, but it's a fixed income. It doesn't change. Maybe you might get a bonus, but again, you're not in control over those things. As a business owner, you're literally in control over the assets. You bring in as much as you personally are smart enough to do in terms of bringing value and then organizing that business around your value. Yeah. And so you when you don't run basic numbers like this on your programs and pricing, and most of you guys just don't know how, it's not that you purposefully opted out. It's that nobody's fucking sat down and taught you any of this shit. You know, you might be aware that you need to learn more, but like, where do you go? Especially when it comes to this kind of, you know, this specific style of business. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it's an imperative first step in running those basic numbers is, well, how much do you need to know? How much does your business need to make anyway, right? How much you need to to bring in to even get to the other, you know, steps in what you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. Do you want a facility? Do you want to buy property? Do you want to, you know, save up to get a new used car or whatever the case is Mm -hmm. you've got to pre-plan those things. Yeah. Um, Nine times out of time, nine times out of 10, what Kristen and I find is when people, don't pay attention. They'll go through spurts of making lots of money, even if their prices are higher, are a healthy range. But if you're not paying attention to your finances behind the scene, mm-hmm. you're just going to spend all that shit and end up broke in two months anyway. Yep.
0: yep. <laughs> it's the tale of every fucking smart-ass entrepreneur salesperson too. And something also I want to put a, put on the side too, it's like if you're only hyper-focusing on your finances through a or accountant, like they do have purpose. They do have purpose. I love all my accounts, CPAs and audit or auditors out there, bookkeepers, but they don't break it down the way that Maggie's kind of breaking it down. So Maggie, like where would you learn how to do this type of stuff?
1: So the difference is there's basic bookkeeping. It's okay. like basic bitch book, bookkeeping, right? Where you're just- no insult the bookkeepers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, and there's nothing against bookkeepers. There's nothing against accountants, which are just like higher class bookkeepers, whatever. Like there's a time and a place. However, that's different from wealth creation and financial strategy. Two totally different things. A lot of business owners, unless they've been through this, first of all, and or been educated, we tend to confuse accountants. Like back in the day, I used to take more complicated questions back to an accountant or back to a uh, you know tax person, thinking that I knew that I was taking it to the right person. In fact, these are not the people you necessarily want to be taking financial strategy advice from.
0: Strategy, um, tax law, everything else, perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Exactly, because we're not talking about just helping you keep your money organized. We're talking about you coming up with a system that you then give to somebody else and say, I want you to to keep my system organized in this way. That's the difference between you guys going out and getting in an accountant or a bookkeeper and me going out and choosing an accountant and a bookkeeper. Mm -hmm. I'm going to choose a professional that's open to me teaching them how they're going to to view and manage my assets. Um, And then I do most of the work. I have them double check certain things and that's why I have them on board. Um, But I steer the financial wheel because you're the only person that's going to do that in your best interest. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're not already doing it to a certain level, you shouldn't be hiring somebody to outsource that stuff anyway. Mm -hmm. Basic bookkeeping, basic bitch bookkeeping is one thing, like I said, but Mm -hmm. this is, you know, keeping a tab on your finances and managing your money and the next level that's beyond those two professions. or job titles.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like, so when we first work with a lot of entrepreneurs, especially the dog business entrepreneurs, it's like, okay, let me run this by my accountant. It's like, yes, it's always good to run numbers sometimes by accountants. (laughs) I just saw your face, but at the same time, it's like, all right, we need to also start to, it's almost like this delegate. It's almost back to that delegation effect of like, it's almost like scary to look at the numbers. It's like, here, take this. I don't want to deal with it. But the more you start to learn around numbers and the more you get comfortable where your profits are, where your money's going, where this is going, where this is going, where if you even have shares available in your company, the more you are going to be, I don't even want to use the word empowered, but you're going to feel, you're not going to even Uh feel You just know you're going to operate at a different level. So like, for example, you know, something happened, just for example, all of your clients just dropped dead one day in a plane crash or something like that you have a plan for attrition you have a business continuity plan almost built into your financial management systems mm-hmm. around your financial literacy right and i feel like there's just so much secrecy around the financial literacy and like i'll i'll fucking share my story like i've had issues around financials because i was in student loan debt for almost a million dollars and it wasn't until, like, I sat down with Maggie, you know, before we were in partners and just kind of look at this, like, for what it is and have the strategies around and have an idea of where the cash is coming in, where this is going, where's that going, where's this allocated to. It wasn't until that I was like, oh, shit, it's actually not that bad. Because a lot of people always, it's like this thing of, like, where we always freak out and like, oh, my God, my client's dropped. What am I going to do? And it's so funny in grassroots. We're just like, it's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when- so- I- down either. We're just like
1: it's going to be okay. And when it comes to money, if you're not managing your finances, your emotions are going to manage them for you and yeah. it's not going to look pretty. That's the bottom line. You could have very little cash flow coming in and not be in a in a place of uh isolation or fear or freaking out about finances because you have a plan. You know what you're doing. And it does empower you because now you can focus on bringing more in instead of focusing. And this is why accountants and everything, you got to be really careful because their job is to only look at the numbers that are in the bank. Mm, And as as an entrepreneur, that's not where you live. You live at creating abundance later on down the road. So for example, when we got another invite to join uh, Richard Branson on Necker Island again this year, I immediately messaged Kristen and I was like, You know, cool. If we decide to do this, like here's what I'm thinking, here's here's a quick strategy of how to include that piece into our budget that wasn't otherwise included. It's not a big deal. It's barely even needs to be a conversation Mm -hmm. because if we
0: choose to do it as a thing, like we'll be able to do it because That's what you do. <laughs> I remember. I, I'm gonna. It's so funny. I remember first first couple of years when I really started to invest in my businesses and you know business coaching and just like investing in mentorships and coaching and like other things like, to build up to where I needed to be. And I remember the accountant I had looked at the numbers. They're like, this is a lot of fun. like they actually were legit scared. But my numbers matched up to where I was in a good place of uh, where there was there was not, I wasn't questioning it. Like there was nothing going on where I was fearful for my survival, financial survival. Right. And like, these are big numbers. Like we're talking Mm -hmm. the tunes of 40, 50, 60, $200,000, not even thinking about my other debts and shit, like my student loan Mm -hmm. debt. And it's just so interesting about mindset around this type of stuff. And it's like, to me, it's like, all right, cool. So I put this amount of money out because we, I allocated here, here, and here are these big numbers? Yeah. Would they freak me out 10 years ago? Absolutely. And it was funny because I was showing my husband last night and he's like, and he's an entrepreneur too, but he doesn't have that, that almost knowledge around it of where the big numbers coming out. And we're just saying, it doesn't need to be fucking scary. Like the Richard Branson thing. It's like Maggie messaged me. She's like, Oh shit. Again. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you want to do it? Let's do it. Let's, let's figure it out. in the, you know, the operating systems, like, let's see what we need to do with this, Right.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it took like ten minutes to figure it out.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> it was like ten minutes, I think it was like five. Like, oh, it's
1: this number. I'm like, oh, I didn't. Insane. I didn't want to go. T- I didn't want to be too honest because then it just sounds unbelievable. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, my life, jeez. But yeah, it's you know, it's when you get used to that, all of a sudden you have power steering on your business in a way that you've never experienced before, um, and it does it. Em- it empowers you to an extent where. You are just free to build what you need to build and to go through all of the other bullshit that's going to be required of you regardless to to be building your business and to be pivoting your business. Um, Some of you guys are at a point where I am again, and I've been a couple times where You know, I'm successful. Okay, great. Like, woohoo. I'm bored of it. What's the next thing that I am passionate about that I do want to take a risk on and reinvest back into um, that makes sense on the side? Because, I mean, why not? Actually, that's a conversation I have not yet started with you, Kristen, but that's one thing I want to re recommit to and spend more of my time on, speaking of finances, is giving back in twenty twenty.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. I
1: didn't have the time to re- reallocate to that. Yeah. Um so you know it's you have all of the control in the world over your business and your finances. You were the only factor in any of this. Um, So figure out what you need to stabilize your shit and, and double check your numbers on your pricing to see if you're even charging enough to survive. Um, You can't make this just about the dogs anymore if you want to do it long term. So,
0: yeah. And I know we already passed the deadline. You know, the healthcare deadline was there. And as entrepreneurs, what are we responsible for? Our own healthcare insurance. Where are we located? United States. What do we don't have? Universal healthcare. So (laughs) all the conservatives are going to come out now and call me a snowflake. But it's like, no, I, and I've seen this before where people like, you guys shouldn't be on Medicaid when you're 30 years old because you can't fucking afford health insurance. I'm just saying. Well, if, uh, we had
1: mics that we didn't want to break, we would be dropping expensive mics that we don't want to break. Yeah. No, don't do that.
0: (laughs) Business budgeting though. Business budgets are operating expenses.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's a whole different cup of tea that I'd almost like to go back to Thing, your finances. So many people prioritize stupid ass shit above reinvesting back in their business, Mm -hmm. which is crazy to me or, or reinvesting back into yourself health insurance, for example. I know a lot of you guys would rather pay, 500, Feel be, you feel emotionally better about spending 500 bucks on your fucking dogs rather than making sure that you're covered with health insurance. Mm. Stop leaving your financial decisions and your pricing strategy up to
0: your goddamn feelings. That's a mic drop right there. Because you never know, you might get hit by a bus one day. You might get into a plane accident. Happened to me. Might fall off a horse and break your head. Happened to me. So you have to be fucking covered. And plus, too, if you're the sole provider, it's just fucking smart. Even like a life insurance. I'm not going to go down this thing right now. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. right? So get your shit together. Go back. Re-listen to this. Listen to Maggie's little calculation mm-hmm. on how she did it. She's not going to say it again, but just go back and rewind it. Go from there and re-watch this and get some really good stuff and really start to fucking fix your fucking shit around finances. Yeah. And Count- and but
1: I I do want to throw out so you guys we do have a standalone business finances course. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. So if any of you guys need a jump start on this and need just a system to be put in front of you, much like I did because I was notorious, I was like not a numbers person. <laughs> um, I so like crafting this was a very big deal for me. If you guys need a leg up, just let us know and we can work with you to hook you up with that too.
0: Yeah, cool. All right. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for this week's Coaches Corner.
1: Yeah. It's one of my favorite topics ever. I mean, Kristen knows I get really jazzed to teach people business finances because it's been such a a struggle for me over the years. Mm -hmm. And I have such a fucking passion for it now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And people, you know, you don't, this is not going to be the time to share, but you have a background on, you know, the whole thing of finances with you and how you grew up and everything that so yeah she gets really cracked out it's it's funny she looks like William Defoe she's like ah, <laughs> ah. <laughs> like panting and like red eyes bug at her head I'm like ah. I did when I was um when I was just operating as a standalone business coach I did a uh, retreat with Maggie. my clients run business finances and my clients were like is she okay? Is she having a stroke around this <laughs> 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 but it was just excitement so anyway it's
1: funny cause it's true. Cause it's such, it's such a game changer for people. They don't even realize like how much emotional bullshit we waste mm-hmm. just not having basic stuff put together that really is not going to take you much time yep. to manage. Once you have that system in place, it is a fucking game changer for your pricing, your programs, like everything, Yeah, everything.
0: All right, Maggie. Well, this is a good one. I hope everybody gets a ton of value out of it. And by the way, we love you accountants. We love you bookkeepers, but stay at your pay grade. Yeah. Well, yeah,
1: that's for everybody. Like accountants, bookkeepers know your role because I know most of you guys are willing to ask questions you shouldn't be answering that are more financial strategy. And for you business owners also know your role. It's your responsibility to nail this. Don't give it to somebody else because they're not going to, they're not going to know how to do it for you. Only you can do that for you. Yep.
0: All right. All right, everybody. It was a good one. I'll talk to you all later. Bye. Thank you for coming. Bye. Hey there. Thank you for listening to another badass episode of Mind Your Own Dog Business. If you haven't already subscribed, what are you waiting for? Oh my God. Go and subscribe now so you don't miss out on any of our content packed dog business jam sessions, plus special offers that I'm going to only be sharing with my amazing dog business entrepreneurial podcast listeners. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a five-star kick-ass review so more amazing dog business owners just like yourself can find us and start to transform and disrupt their businesses and their lives unapologetically. And if you feel so inclined Feel free to tag me on Instagram with a screenshot of this episode and holler at your girl I'm at Dog Walker Coach. You can find me, Dog Walker Coach, and I'll pop up and I'll give you a special shout out. All right, guys, till next time. Bye.